first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Natalie Jackson from Kids First. Today, we'll be talking with Oliver Lordox, co-founder of Cyber Studio Group and director of Gigantosaurus, as well as Jude, Cadence, and Inoki on The Cat in the Hat Knows a Lot About That. Amazing animals! With Mark Gunnerman, colon, Odenon on Wizards, Tales of Arsadia, as well as Dixie Eriks, Idan Hallhurst on The Secret Garden. First, we'll be interviewing Oliver Lordox with Zoe. Hi, everyone. I'm Zoe Canelo, reporting for Kids First, and I'm so excited today to have you with Olivier Deluxe. Olivier Deluxe. Deluxe, okay. Um, and hi, Oliver. How are you? I'm good, and you? Thanks for having me. Bonsoir. Um, well, to start off, I want to say congratulations for winning the Best Voice Acting Award at 2D and 3D Film Festival in Italy. You have quite an amazing career in entertainment. So what really drew you into making content for kids? I am delighted of this award. It is well deserved for the Italian talents working for the show. Italy is a very, a very special place to me, so I'm very pleased. Regarding my background, it's a long story, but I can make it short. I'm fascinated by animation, computer graphics, and everything visual since I'm 12, more or less. I had my first computer at that age. It was a Macintosh 2, thanks to my parents. And then I started to create pixel art and later on my first CG images with a software called Povray. So I trained myself for years like this in parallel of classic study until 18 years old. And it's a really, really early stage passion, in fact. But to answer your question, what drew me to work on content for kids? I do think it's because of my father's passion about photography. He's not professional, but he's really good. And on the other hand, my mother was a teacher for young kids. And after school, I spent hours in her classroom. So I grew up in that environment, mixing passion of images and passion of kids' ed- education as a result. And I think it's my, it's my theory. I, it drew me to work on animated content for kids. That's so interesting. I've always been kind of in the film industry with my mom and stuff, so I guess that's why I'm here today as well. Um, well, Gigantosaurus is based off of Johnny Doodle's best-selling book, um, and I feel like little kids, they just love dinosaurs. So, and you've created a whole fantasy about them. How, many re- well, how much research really goes into making these characters? And you actually try to incorporate real facts when you're um, writing the script and... Designing? Yeah, it, it's a very good question. First, yes, the series is adapted from Johnny's book. Johnny Doodle is incredibly talented and a very humble artist. For me and everyone at the studio, it's a huge honor to work on his creation. And for the adaptation, sticking on the original design as much as possible was a kind of obsession. So if you compare the look and feel of the book and the TV series, you can notice it's very, very close. Of course, the book focuses on a limited number of characters and a few jungle places. 
But for a TV series of 52 episodes, we had to expand massively the environment in order to tell stories, original stories, for a total duration of almost 600 minutes. So with my team in Paris, for six to eight months, we seriously explored Cretaceous scientific studies on internet and also a lot of science books. We selected dino species, plants, flowers, trees living on Earth at that period. It was fascinating and, and very important for us to recreate a credible environment. But, you know, having said that, if you think about the dinosaurs era, it was a period of deep jungles with a population of huge monsters with big teeth. So it was not that much a nice place to live for a human. So the visual approach for the environment was to keep it as a happy place full of bright colors and fantasy. So that's the, that's the thing. Yes, definitely. And you don't have a dinosaur in front of you. So I mean, I guess it, I was thinking it must be hard if you don't have a real life reference. But um, after watching the show, I think you did a fantastic job. Thank you. So, of course. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're speaking with Jude, Cadence, and Inoki on the cat in the hat knows a lot about that. Amazing animals! As well as Mark Gunningham and Colin O'Darling on Wizards Tales Arcadia with Ishan. Along with that, lastly, we'll be interviewing Dixie Aragix as well as Eden Hayhurst on The Secret Garden with Celine. Right now, we're continuing our interview with Oliver Lelordex. Gigantosaurus launched just a year ago, and it is now internationally, worldwide. Um, so what do you think really gives it that international appeal, and people all around the world really love the show? Yes, the series is a success worldwide, with one season already on air, and two more seasons in production. I think kids love Gigantosaurus because it's a, um, let's say, a good mood show, and a the visual is pretty unique. Also, the work done on the animation is, is epic, you know, making the style a little, a little bit hybrid between realistic and, and slapstick, so bigger to the animators. And in terms of storytelling, we really much empathize with the four little dinos heroes. And we also have a lot of fun and emotions within the stories. And Thanks to Jackie Moody, head of writing on the show and the pool of writers. So it's my, my point. Yes. Um, oh, also, you did release a video game in March in partnership with Outright Games, and you were going to do a worldwide musical. Um, well, now because of coronavirus and all of this, do you think you had to push back the date, or is it still going? Do you think it's still going to happen? Yeah, it will happen. Um, but yes, uh, the, the COVID issue is making everything more complicated. Regarding the video game, we did a soft launch on the digital platforms exclusively because of the COVID. And hopefully it, was, it went very well. But we plan to release a retail version of the game for Christmas this year. Hopefully we will be able to do that. About the musical tour, we are still in the middle of the development, so I can't tell you too much about it. We'll have to do another interview later. Uh, but I do hope the COVID issue will be behind us before we launch the tour, of course. 
I'm very excited to see it. <laughs> um, also, you worked with Michael J. Wilson, the creator of the Ice Age franchise. That is so cool. Um, on a script for big musical screen for Gigantosaurus for 2022 or 2023. Um, so what can you really tell us about that? Yeah, so I, I have a lot of fun collaborating with Michael on the movie. You know, he's a, he's a big creator. Uh, he did, uh, worked on, on Ice Age. He had a huge experience with comedy and, and animation. So it's a big step for the property. I mean, Gigantosaurus, Gigantosaurus property. And also, it's a big step for me as it's my first big screen project. You know, I'm a TV director. The script is close to be final as, let's say, first version for now. The movie concept keeps the DNA of the series and the book, but we go deeper in everything related to the character personalities and globally the values coming through the Gigantosaurus property. And believe me, we are not just pushing the TV series onto big screen. The project is real cinema with a story full of adventures, explorations, comedy, music, songs, and intense emotions. Visually, we restart the development from scratch in order to reach the quality standard we can expect from uh, an epic movie. You know, again, we are not just pushing the TV on big screen. Yes. Um, okay, well, also, I'm so sorry, one second. Okay, <laughs> no, I was just thinking, because as a kid growing up just watching cartoons, I know that some cartoon shows have some better values than others, if that makes any sense. So what do you think kids will really take away from watching Gigantosaurus? To me, the values uh, of the show are very clear. Yeah. Uh, it is all about friendship, family, respect, curiosity, and let's say positive thinking. And I, I love the colors and everything of the show as well. I think it's really, I really enjoyed watching it. Um, well, one of my dreams is, well, I am a voiceover actress as well, pursuing, I guess. Um, but I would love to voice, you know, an animated character. So what is your advice to young actors who would love to pursue a career in animation, like as a designer, a concept artist, or as well as a voiceover artist? First of all, having dreams is a good start. So it was my case. I was young. I do think everyone who has dreams very early in life have to follow their hearts and work out. But also, whatever the position, the position you are looking for in the industry, the team spirit is fundamental. Animation is all about teamwork. For instance, a director like me is nothing without a great team. So to sum up um, the values and what, what you have to keep in mind is open your mind, follow your heart, work out, choose carefully the people surrounding you, and being a team player, a good team player. So it's a long pass, it's a long journey with up and down, but at the end of the day, you never really work. You are just living your passion. It is my case, and every morning I'm, I'm grateful. Last five years, we've seen a really variety of races, for example, Latinos. Um, do you think that this is a trend that is here to stay with all of the more um, diversity now? I do not think I do not think it's a trend. 
for me, to me, it's a more deep evolution. You know, since always the entertainment industry and of course the animation industry follows the society evolution and it is totally synchronized, in fact. Hopefully today we are seeing more diversity in kids' content because the society is diverse and also the content is made to be global, meaning we are not producing content for local markets anymore. Now, the creations need to be global and representing everyone on the planet. But you know, animation always been a universal language. So it is the beauty of anima animated storytelling. Thank you so much, Oliver. That was a wonderful answer. Um, I had so much fun talking to you. And make sure to check out some other film critics on this channel. And bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Let's take a break. I'm Natalie Jackson, reporting from Kids First, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Gigantosaurus, the biggest, fiercest dinosaur of all. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Natalie Jackson, reporting from Kids First, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking with Oliver Lardux, co-founder of Cyber Studio Group and director of Gigantosaurus. Next up, we'll be speaking with Jude, Cadence, and Inoki. On the Cat in the Hat knows a lot about that. Amazing animals. First and foremost, Jude, can you tell us a little bit about this cool and awesome adventure? Well, this DVD brings back the character that I think that we all grew up with, the Cat in the Hat. And this DVD, it, it, he goes on many adventures teaching children about all the animals across the world, how they help out in our everyday lives and their basic functions and how he knows a lot about animals. Wow, that's awesome. 
So it engages with kids and influences them to learn a little bit more about science and our wildlife. That's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Along with that, Anoki, what choices do the characters make and what motivates them? The things that motivate these characters are the things in their everyday life. For example, there was Nick. He was trying to learn how to, pl- how to play yo-yo. Or uh, Sally and Nick were trying to learn how to do somersaults. And when they were having you know, a problem or having trouble learning these things, the cat was always there coming out of weird places to come and take them to places with silly names and teach them all these new things. Yes, it follows the magical adventures of Nick and Sally who travel the world with Cat and Act. I would love to be able to travel the world. Cadence, can you tell me what was your favorite part or the most memorable part for you? Yeah, my favorite part is when Louis and Armadillo, uh, he started rolling because he got so scared of a kite because he thought it was a big bird, but it was actually a kite. And that to me was so funny. That is pretty funny. I think I'm mistaken a kite for a big bird as well myself. <laughs> well, now, Jude, how was your attention drawn to particular parts in this film? How are particular visual elements used as metaphors or to make you more interested and engaged in this Well, the one thing that really made me excited about this DVD is how closely the visuals looked compared to one original Dr. Seuss book. It looked exactly like if it was Dr. Seuss drawing on the screen. It looked exactly the same. I thought it was amazing. Wow, so many visual points that made very realistic and entertaining for you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that. Anoki, to what extent did it fit with your expectations or did it subvert them in some ways? Um, I think this is definitely everything I would expect from you know, a fun kids show. And it definitely brought back like the six-year-old self in me because it was just as the animations were really funny and silly and just had a lot of texture and flavor to them uh, visually. But it also was just, it had silly songs and um, was just really goofy. And I just loved the whole atmosphere in this um, show. And it just, it was very nostalgic in a sense because as Jude said, uh, we'd grown up, with Dr. Seuss and all these characters. Definitely. And speaking about growing up with Dr. Seuss and many of these characters, Cadence, I'm I'm sure you maybe read a few Dr. Seuss books, you know, Cat in the Hat, the ones most known. How do they relate with this particularly? Yes, they do relate because they, they both have the same character, main character, Cat in the Hat, and Sally and Nick are mostly in those, but they are a little bit different. Uh, because a movie obviously has voices and it looks a little bit different than the books that you read at home or if you read any of those books. Oh, well, thank you for sharing that. I have many Cat in the Hat books and this makes me more interested to go ahead and watch Cat in the Hat and there's a lot about that. Jude, Mm -hmm. how did this film make you feel initially? What aspects worked well and which didn't? You know, writing, direction, cinematography, editing, and soundtrack. Well, as I mentioned before, I believe that the I believe the visuals were outstanding, um, and I liked how the DVD brought back a lot of the Dr. Seuss characters that are less popular. I would say, like they brought back characters that you wouldn't initially think of um, when you thought of Dr. Seuss. 
Ooh, speaking of characters, were there any new characters introduced or were there initially the same ones that we all accommodated to? I'm, I'm actually not sure if there were any new ones, but I did recognize a lot of old characters that I remember reading from the books. Wow, that's awesome. Anoki, what causes a major turning point in the narrative come? What was the conflict in this awesome DVD? Well, there were, there were conflicts in each and every single episode, which it's, it usually was started at the beginning of each episode, and it turned into a team event to learn something new and go, go to a new place. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we are talking with Oliver Lordox, the co-founder of Cyber Studio Group and director of Gigantosaurus. Right now, we are speaking with Jude, Cadence, and Inoki on The Cat in the Hat knows a lot about that. Let's continue. So, to continue, Anoki, like Cadence said, it relates to many books. So, can you share with us some of your recent books that you read or the ones that are your most favorite from Cat in the Hat? I think the best is definitely the classic one. I don't remember the name, but it was the one where we, like, first meet the cat and we are just, I remember watching this, I, I remember hearing, like, my mom read this to me and it was just, I had never heard of the cat in the hat and, and I've never met a character so so different and so eccentric like the cat and that's why it's that's the book that always sticks out to me. Great for letting us know that as well. Cadence, I'm sure this adventure was awesome, it was fun, it was intriguing and it was exhilarating for many of the viewers. However, what is the message that many viewers can take away? I think the message of this, of this DVD is that you have to work together to solve problems. And Ooh. solving problems with friends is a lot easier than solving problems on your own because it gets done faster and it's just really easy. Wow, that's pretty cool actually. And June, would you recommend this movie to a friend? I believe I would. I would definitely recommend it for younger viewers because that's definitely what the DVD is targeted for. Um, so I would definitely um, re recommend it to some literal, like little kids I know who, who like live across the street or something. Uh, I, I believe <laughs> they definitely enjoy it. Well, were any scenes in this film that occurred relate to you in your own life? Um, not Kind of. Um, th there's one episode in the DVD where they go to a farm and they and they learn how your average breakfast is made and they go through how all the animals help and that kind of reminds me of my grandfather who had a farm and he took care of all he took care of all the animals. So I guess I could I could relate to it in that way. Wow, that's pretty cool to hear. You're able to relate your own life senses to this awesome cat in the hat knows all about that. Now, Cadence, what was your emotion or reaction once you completed watching this DVD? I was just blown away, kind of, because I was super excited to watch this film because I'm very familiar with, like, the books. And so I was very curious. And afterwards, I was just, like, so, like, shocked. <laughs> what feelings did you share with any of the characters in this film? I thought Cat in the Hat was so funny. So I... I thought it was hilarious. That made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it did. And Anoki, if you were writing the screenplay for this movie, would you have changed the ending? 
Honestly, I I wouldn't have because the ending in, in each in each episode was definitely very like wholesome and heartwarming and they always they always left each adventure with something new in, you know, their brains. They learned something new and they made a new friend whether it was like a flamingo or um <laughs> you know, a squirrel. So it was just it was just really it was just really wholesome. Wow, that's pretty awesome. I want to be friends with a flamingo, don't you? Well, lastly, Jude. What part of the story told by the movie was the most powerful and why? Well, I would just say that mainly in the friendship in the bond between the children and the cat in the hat because it's just like such a best friend or brotherly um, relationship and the way that they take care of each other throughout the DVD is very compelling. Thank you for sharing that with us. Lastly, Cadence, what age group would you recommend this DVD for? I would recommend it for ages 3 to 10 years old. Great. Thank you all very much. Let's Thank take you. a break. I'm Natalie Jackson from Kids First, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Gigantosaurus, the biggest, fiercest dinosaur of all. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Natalie Jackson from Kids First, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking with Oliver Lollardux, the cat in the hat, knows a lot about that, amazing animals. Right now, we'll be interviewing Mark Gunningham and Colin O'Donohue with Ishan. Hi there, I'm Ishan Mani reporting for Kids First. Today, I am thrilled to be talking with actor Colin O'Donoghue and executive producer Mark Guggenheim about the third installment of DreamWorks' Tales of Arcadia trilogy, Wizards. Hi, hi Colin, hi Mark, how are you? Hey! Hi, how are you? 
So this is such a massive project and a finale to this trilogy. So I guess this is a question for both of you. What do you hope audiences will take away from this series after watching these last episodes? Colin? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I think for, for Duxy, for somebody who's been spending, I guess, 900 years or whatever it is to try and, uh, you know, win Merlin's sort of affirmation and, and acceptance and all that kind of stuff, I think, you know, I hope that people will take, you know, some sort of idea of hope from it, you know what I mean? And uh, I think, uh, you know, for me, it was so much fun to get to play two different versions of Duxie in, in, in the which was uh, amazing. And hopefully people will, uh, like, I'm blown away by the animation and everything in it. So I think that it's, it's an incredible, incredible show. So hopefully people will really love it. Uh, I'm hope, I hope people love it too. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that people are satisfied by the ending, but also surprised. Um, you know, I think, I think one of the things that makes this, these shows special is we don't always, you know, zig where most people would zag. Um, and uh, I think, you know, the ending of Wizards is, uh, it's, it's, I think it's very, very different from what people are expecting. I wish I could talk more about it, actually, but uh, it would spoil not just the show, but but some uh, some fun stuff that uh, we ha- we'll have to talk about later. Um. <laughs> so, I guess my question can apply to both of you. So, what is the biggest challenge that you faced in your roles, respectively, as director and actor? Alan, uh, for me, it was I had never done an animation before. Uh, well before I did the couple of scenes or whatever in Trollhunters. And it was about, it's, it's a completely different way of, of acting, really. It's, uh, you, you, you know, normally you try to be as subtle as you can uh, on camera and stuff, and you just, you can't do that for, for animation. So that was a big learning for me, was to realize that I could be as big as I, I could possibly be. And that's where the animators then animate to the heightened whatever style of, of uh, voice that, that you use. So uh, it was great fun. And then when you get into it, it's, it's, it's so much fun. Um, yeah, it's funny, like, just, just to sort of, you know, follow on from that, I, one of the things that is so enjoyable about uh, working on this trilogy is the fact that uh, there's so many actors who had never done voice acting before. Um, and that, like, to, to sort of watch, uh, you know, you, you and the other actors go through that creative evolution is, is always very, very satisfying. Um, you know, to answer your, your question, Eshin, um, you know, what's the most challenging thing? Um, I, I find, honestly, it, it kind of depends on each episode, but overall, you know, the, the challenge sort of I always feel the most acutely is I, I never want to let Guillermo del Toro down. Um, you know, he, he sets the bar really high, and, and you don't, it's not like you're afraid of him yelling at you. It's actually his passion is so infectious um, that you, you really don't, you know, it's like, it's like playing for a coach, and you don't want to let the coach down. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking with Oliver Lordox, the co-founder of Cyber Studio Group and director of Gigantosaurus. We reviewed Cat in the Hat, knows a lot about that, Amazing Animals, with Jude, Cadence, and Inoki, as well as Dixie Agarex and Eden Holy Horse on The Secret Garden with Celine. Right now, we're continuing our interview with Mark Gunningham and Colin O'Donohue with Ishan.
So I have a question for uh, Colin this time. So what was a typical day uh, shooting the series? Uh, any fun stories? Oh, working on this? Um, well, it was, it's sort of, it's a funny one because I, I live in Ireland, so I pretty much recorded most of my stuff here, uh, miles and miles, thousands of miles away from anybody else involved and it's uh, you're you're kind of in the booth on your own um sort of skyping with people uh so but i weirdly you know i really really enjoyed it because you just sort of you get you get to sort of go off in your own mind and you're not worried about people really sort of seeing you and watching you whatever performance wise so it was um it was a lot of fun but it was it's kind of weird being so far away from from where everybody was and we'd have to try and arrange times that would suit where it wouldn't be the middle of the night for me and it'd be, you know, early morning for, for, the, for those guys in LA and whatever. But uh, yeah, that was kind of, that was kind of it. My question is for Mark. So help me understand how you choose a film to executive produce. So what do you look for in a script or a story and why did you decide to be involved with Wizards? Ooh, good question. Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, you know, for me, it usually is a mix of the people involved um, and the just whether or not the project sort of speaks to me. Um, you know, like in the case of, you know, the Trollhunter franchise, I, I really wanted uh, to work with Guillermo del Toro. Um, but the material also really spoke to me. My, my sort of barometer is just like, if something sort of comes my way, um, I try to like sort of just you know, live with it for a few days. And I find that if my brain is sort of, as my mind is wandering, you know, like if I'm in the car back when we used to do that and, you know, or in the shower or something, um, if my mind sort of wanders to the project and ideas start to come, that is usually how I know it's the right thing for me. Um, and uh, that's, you know, this was such a vibrant, you know, huge world that Guillermo created that, uh, I just, it, it, it was like, a, you know, it felt like being in a playground. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Ishan Mani from Kids First, and we just interviewed Colin O'Donoghue and Mark Guggenheim about the upcoming installment to the Tales of Arcadia trilogy, Wizards. The show releases on August 7th on Netflix. Look out for Colin. Also, be sure to like and subscribe to our channel for my upcoming reviews and interviews, as well as those of my fellow Kids First film critic compadres. Thanks so much for watching. Bye. Let's take a break. I'm Natalie Jackson from Kids First, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Gigantosaurus, the biggest, fiercest dinosaur of all. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. 
For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey! Welcome back! I'm your host, Natalie Jackson from Kids First, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking with Oliver Lordex, the co-founder of Cyber Studio Group and director of Gigantosaurus, Jude Kanington Inoki on The Cat in the Hat knows a lot about that, Amazing Animals, as well as Mark Gunningham and Colin O'Donohue with Eshawn on Wizards Tales of Arcea. Right now, we'll be speaking with Dixie Egerix as well as Eden Hayhurst on The Secret Garden with Celine. Hi, I'm Celine Weiss reporting for Kids First, and today I'm talking with the stars of the upcoming movie, The Secret Garden. Dixie Egerix and Eden Hayhurst, congratulations on your performances. I found the acting in this film very emotional and most impressive. Hi, thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. Dixie, you were named as a Screen International Star of Tomorrow 2019. How has that affected your career and what attracted you to work on The Secret Garden? Um, okay, so I think being on that list was really, really, really cool. You know, I really like, I mean, quite the honour, you know. Um, and I think it's just kind of, I don't know, it was like good. It kind of reminded me why I'm doing it, you know, because I, I like it. Um, and I think, um, I think what attracted me to The Secret Garden was just because, like, the script, what they did with the script, in my opinion, um, I really liked it, you know. I thought their adaptation of the book was really good. It kind of kept true to the story, but it modernized it a little bit, if you know what I mean. But yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed this script as well. It was very interesting, and it went really well with the book, since I'm a big fan of the childhood series. I'm glad. What about you, Eden? What drew you to this film? Um, I think, yeah, the script was brilliant. We, um, we, we only got a snippet at the beginning when we asked Celtic. And um, me and my dad, we sat down and we, uh, <laughs> we, we loved it. So um, we sent off an audition tape and, you know, yeah. Great. One of my favourite scenes in this film is when Mary meets a new character, the dog named Jemima, who later becomes Hector. Dixie, you play such a complex character in this movie. What's your favourite scene? Ooh, that is, um, that's a good one. I think probably, even though it's kind of hard to pick a favourite scene, I think probably my favourite is 
the one at the end, um, if you've seen the film, um, where we were all, it was a really, really hot day, and we, there was this lake, and we were all swimming in the lake, it was really fun, um, it was a really, really good experience. I think that would probably be my favorite scene to film. Yeah, I love that scene. So, Eden, did you learn any new skills for this movie or on set? Um, yeah, completely. I had to work with people who, um, who were just brilliant, you know, like Judy Walters and Colin Firth and Mark Munden and everything. They did a great cast and crew to work with. So, I just naturally learned a lot about, um, about filming and, 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 and yeah. Um, what about I, accent? Did you have to learn that or does it just come naturally to you? Um, uh, well, um, I, I did learn a little bit with um, someone set, you know, helping with accents and everything, because um, I kept slipping in and out. But um, yeah, uh, uh, I, did, I had to put on an accent and everything. But what was quite hard was learning to, learning to you know, act physically disabled and that. So yeah. I really loved your accent. It was well done, and it really brought Colin the character to life. Thank you. Dixie, you learned to walk the high wire at 11 years old for your role as Marette in the film of the same name. Did you need to learn any new skills to play Mary Lennox? Um, ooh, I don't know. I think similarly to what Eden said, I just kind of... There's not like a specific thing, but working with so many genuinely really crazy talented people, you tend to pick up a lot of new skills, if you know what I mean. Like working with people like Colin and Judy, it just kind of, you know, teaches you a lot. Um, so I think nothing in particular, but just the overall vibe of being with those people definitely taught me a lot. So interesting. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking with Oliver Lordux on Gigantosaurus, Juve, Cadence, and Inoki on The Cat in the Hat, knows a lot about that, Amazing Animals, as well as Mark Gunningham and Coleman O'Donohue on Wizards, Tales of Arcidia. Lastly, we're continuing our interview with Dixie Egrix, as well as Eden Hayhurst on The Secret Garden with Celine. Also, how do you relate to Mary? Um, I think, for me, I think because she goes on such a journey, like emotionally, um, you know, in the beginning, she's quite unlikable and quite stubborn, whatever. But because as she gets to the end, she realizes and appreciates the value of, you know, friendship, of nature, of family and all that. So I think, I think, I guess I could relate to her in the fact that I, I do really appreciate um, the people in my life, like my friends and my family. And yeah, I think that's probably how I would relate to Mary. Since you really explained how alike you are to Mary, how are you not alike to her? I mean, I guess, I mean, thankfully, I haven't really gone through the hardships that she goes through in the movie, which I'm very grateful for, I suppose. Um, and I suppose I'd like to think I'm not as stubborn and unpleasant as she is in the beginning, but I don't know if I'm best judge of that. I enjoyed the verbal exchange of insults between both your characters. Eden, <laughs> did it help that you and Dixie have worked together before this film? Um, well, yeah, we actually, um, we, we worked on the same um, 
TV series, but we hadn't um, we hadn't met each other before um, an audition together. So um, so it was, so it was actually the first time. Um, but you know, I think we 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 had quite a connection already. So we um, we were good at throwing insults at each other. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I agree with that. I think. I think we become friends. I think as friends, you know, you kind of, I mean, in my friend's case, I guess you do kind of sometimes insult each other in a kind way, if you know what I mean. Definitely. Next for Dixie, nature is such an important character in the movie. Have your thoughts of spending time outdoors changed from making this film? Definitely, 100%. I think, you know, I mean, definitely myself included, we don't, really on the whole appreciate nature as we as much as we should you know um and i think after filming it especially filming in all these gardens and locations i definitely kind of it definitely reminded me that i do i should probably spend more time outside get off my phone a little bit more and yeah it did remind me of the value and that i should appreciate nature definitely it's really this movie really encouraged me to go outside Eden, loneliness plays a part for your character. How did you prepare to play Colin as a lonely, damaged boy? Ooh, um, I think uh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I think that Colin at the beginning was um, quite, um, yeah, he was alone and he, um, he kind of caved in and didn't, didn't allow anyone else in, I think. And um, getting into the mindset of that, um, it was it was it was hard and um, it, it it took a while but you know I uh, I managed and <laughs> you know yeah that's a good question yeah thank you I can definitely imagine it being a really hard player character to play because of his amazing character development throughout the movie mm-hmm. lastly Dixie what do you hope audiences will take away from this movie. I think the aim that um, the aim is that people take away that you know the healing power of nature, I suppose, and how it can bring people together, um, and how we should probably value it a lot more, um, and that people can grow and change a lot um, for the better. And I think that's those are the key, most important messages. I think that people should hopefully take away from this. Definitely, I really was able to experience that message while watching this film. Thanks so much for talking with me, Eden and Dixie. That's a wrap, guys. Thank you so much for talking with me today. I hope our viewers will rediscover The Secret Garden when it's released Friday, August 7th on premium video on demand on all platforms. Thanks for watching. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss my next interview or review and those of our many other reporters. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsforworlds.com, and Kidsville's News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by 
Gigantosaurus, the biggest, fiercest dinosaur of all. I'm Natalie Jackson, reporting from Kids First. Goodbye! Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode and tune in again next week.